which has been enough in the past, right? You know, well, a demographic. A good start. <laughs> yeah, a good you know, start. a demographic. You can run some ads. Yep. You know, a demographic. You can, you know, do some searches. Uh, you know, these are these are great things. What another future prediction? But what what it's coming to for me and how I'm attracting audiences these days are knowing the psychographics of my people. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest ever, Ms. RJ Redden, and the crowd goes crazy. Of course they do. Well, first of all, they're fans of yours, which means... <laughs> They're smart and obviously important people. So yes, uh, I'm delighted to meet all of you. Hello. Excellent. So give us the highlight, who you are and what you do for business. Well, who I am. Uh, RJ Redden is my name and uh, unconventional traction strategy is my game. I love working with coaches to help them figure out their micro niche, help them engage their people and draw. It's a process of attraction. I love working on that with people and getting them, getting them the people they need in front of them at the right time. That's the name of it. That's the short peanut shell version. I love it. And we will get into the whole coaching side of things and why coaching and all that kind of fun stuff. But I'm going to start with you in a different direction, of course, because I have to. So how did you get into unconventionality? <laughs> how did I get in? Uh, well, I was born in 1973. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have always been that kid who everybody else is doing this. And I'm like, boring. Where's the other path? Uh, I have, even since I was a small child buying coats uh, in the coat store, wherever that was, I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah, I can't know. But what is, what is, what else is there? What else is there has been my watchword. It will probably be written on my headstone. Should I have one? What else is out there? Um, so unconventionality has just always been the, the way for me. It's, it's what I'm interested in. It's, it's explorable. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, just exploring has been my, the highlight of my career. I got into unconventional traction strategy, uh, through chatbots some years ago. And, uh, this is around the time when we met, uh, I think I'd been in them about a year uh, when I first met you uh, and uh, your absolutely lovely husband, Brad. Uh, I, I popped into a group one day. I'd been serving as everybody's marketing assistant uh, in the whole world. Uh, you know, people around here uh, where I live in Omaha, they, everybody needs, you know, everybody needs IT help. I was known as the IT person. I would work on marketing campaigns, email stuff. I would work on uh, get me a YouTube thing going. I would work on anything. People would drop their laptops by my house and I was working on them. That is not a lucrative way to live or leverage your talents. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> In short, it sucked. Uh, so I had to, I, I needed to find something. I need to find something that I could really deep dive into. Um, and uh, 
just because I, I popped into a group one day uh, because I had this client who would often uh, kind of leap headfirst into a project and then call me two weeks later and say, RJ, could you make this work? Because I can't make this work. Uh, and so I saw her pop into this group and she had been talking about bots. And my very first thought was, Oh, great. Uh, more uh, completely alienating cardboard conversation. Uh, this is going to be great. But I popped in the group anyway, because she was in there and I knew I'd be, you know, helping her out in a couple of weeks. So headed off the pass. I popped in. I clicked this link because it said uh, click here first. And I thought I will follow the rules for once. I clicked it. I was in a conversation. The bot introduced itself as a bot, gave itself a little name. I kind of thought that was cute. But then two mind-blowing things happened, one right after the other. And they were this. The bot said, hey, he explained three different things that we could do next in the bot. Uh, it could tell me more about the group I was in. It could tell me more about bots in general. Or it could tell me a dad joke. Which one did I pick? Dad joke. Dad joke. Of course you did. Yes. <laughs> but as I, my finger was, the pointer was nearing, I thought to myself, did I just get offered an option in a marketing conversation? And I thought, I like it. I like this. It made me feel like I had a little bit of agency in the conversation. Like I could choose what I wanted to hear about. Like maybe I don't have to hear about every single watch you have in your coat right now. I don't care. I just want to know what I want to know. But here it was giving me a path that I could choose my own little adventure on. So uh, chose dad joke and uh, it made me laugh. And the second mind blower happened right there. And that was maybe, just maybe, I could actually put my personality into my marketing. I mean, maybe, because a lot of the marketing at the time, this is 2017 when I ran into bots. I mean, I was doing the thing. I was wearing a polo because you were supposed to on the internet. You're supposed to look official and professional. I was doing the polo thing, saying all the words that I'm supposed to say either to get Facebook to not demote my video or for maybe the SEO gods to grab it out of the sky. I was doing all the things to generate that everybody had told me to do. Nothing was really happening though, because my everything was just completely personality-less. And this dad joke helped me clear that hurdle uh, and helped me realize that in fact, the more of your personality you put in, the better. Um, so I, it took me two weeks to say to Megan, darling, uh, we're going to change all the branding and everything's going to bots now. And she gave me the look. I don't know if you've ever seen the look, Michelle, but this is what the look looks like. For, for all of you who are maybe watching this, watching this, the look looks like this. Again, uh, you know that. Ooh, uh, and I'm like, honey, this time it's gonna work. And uh, that was uh, that was almost six years ago now. <laughs> so things have. I mean, I've been doing chatbots ever since. I love them. You know, uh, I creating journeys for people, uh, creating epic experiences. This is my life. 
this is what I want to do. Well, and thank God you did. Otherwise we would be in chatbot hell, which (laughs) most people hate to be in. It's like, could you find a less personal conversation to have? But at the same time, like they want information and they want it now. And you're not going to wake up at three in the morning and have a conversation with somebody just because that happens to be when they're awake and they want to get information from you. And I love, love, love that you can bring the, you have a balance between the monotony of the conversation that everybody's had 20,000 times. And if I have it one more time, I'm going to kill somebody. (laughs) And for the other person who's asking it, it becomes a unique experience and it's fun and they're engaged. And by the time they actually do meet up with a real person, it's, they're happy to be there because they got all the content that they wanted and they have an idea of who's at the other end because of that personality like yeah i'd just like to on behalf of all of humanity right now thank you for choosing (laughs) the route that you went (laughs) yes um well (laughs) humanity you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) so we, we were having an interesting little chat and conversation about the whole idea of uh ai taking over which to all of us in marketing that have uh, emotions, uh, it's kind of the bane of our existence. And at the same time, it's also exciting, exhilarating, and super <laughs> fun to delve into. So what is your take on the whole uh, AI and how it's fitting into marketing? Well, right now with the, the you know, the GPT of it all, right? Uh, I was going to make a meme. Uh, I didn't have time the other day, but uh, you know, do you know those, uh, you pass by a gas station and it has those signs that give you oil change in 1999. Uh, I was going to make one that said oil change 1999 now with chat GPT uh, <laughs> because everybody's <laughs> adding it absolutely everywhere. Um, oh my God. Uh, pumpkin spice latte now with now AI. With um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> totally it's, it's absolutely everywhere. And, uh, and, and, and in some cases, it's really helpful. In some cases, it's super just hype. And, you know, I've, I've evaluated a lot of those over the past few months. But my take on it is this. It's like any other tool. We can figure out the best ways to leverage that. Um, We can stay away from what we don't understand, also a choice. Um, For me, I see the upsides way outweighing the downside. Um, And, uh, and, you know, and I I know a lot of people are like, how is this gonna, how's this gonna work here? You know, because right now people are kind of afraid of it, but, you know, eventually folks will become less afraid. Remember when no one would pay for anything over the internet? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember those days. Um, Nobody, they're like, no, 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 no. And uh, you know, eventually we all got to a place where we've got digital wallets and freaking, well, Bitcoin, I don't have any of that, but. uh, But yeah, Yeah, the the humorous part to me is that the internet was so much more secure back then. Thing. It was so hard to break in. Now it's so easy. It's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll get my credit card. Yeah, remember that. Keep it on file. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep that on file yeah. for me. 
I want an easier checkout next time. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, we, you know, as a society, uh, ease of use is very important to us. And uh, sometimes at the risk of other things. For me, GPT isn't necessarily easy to use. Um, I'll tell you, uh, the first thing I put on it was my wife's, a, uh, uh, you know, she's a game master for a lot of our games here. At home. Uh, it was about, it was Christmas was coming and I said, Hey, give me some gifts that I can get for my wife. Uh, she's, you know, game master for Dungeons and Dragons. And it came up with the most five boring. I'm like, I just wasted two minutes of my whole life. And I left, I was like this, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to probe the gentle art of probing. That's another podcast, everybody. That's, That's another, another podcast. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and it, and it was later that I started understanding what it needs, um, what it needs in order to write something really good. Uh, and so I've been doing a lot, I mean, I've been doing a lot of work, uh, you know, developing because my chatbots now will connect with GPT so that nobody ever has to see that interface, what? which I, I know. Tell tales. Oh my God. Well, it's so cool. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I can, I can bring you to my chatbot and I can say, Hey, uh, I can ask you information. I can ask you for writing samples. I can ask you some questions about your brand and your values and, you know, some ideas that you want to express and, and, and I can have it spit you back a first draft of something, uh, that is reasonably good. And that uh, it, it's a reasonably good starting point way the heck better than a blank page. Well, I do find, and I've said since the beginning, is it's way better than staring at a blank page. Because for years, if not eons, there's been many a business owner staring at a blank page going, okay, so what do I sell and what's benefit to it? <laughs> Just stare. <laughs> go, I don't know what they want from me. Yes. Whereas when you can go to something like ChatGPT, and I'm sure there will be a millennium more of them coming out uh, ASAP, is your ability to be able to get something on the page. And as I've always said, people know what they don't like much faster and easier than they know what they do like or what they do want. So to be able to look at something, oh, no, I don't like this. It makes it really easy to change, which is perfect. It is. And here's, here's an unexpected potential side benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so, uh, as part of my, uh, as part of my research writing, writing this bot, uh, I was looking at, you know, I was asking GPT, okay, give me common article types. Uh, oh, and it spat me out about 58 common article types that are just severely boring. And that I've all read a thousand million times. Um, then I started asking, you know, give it the unconventional, uncommon, extraordinary command. Uh, and then see what happens. And so I, I said, okay, now give me something that people don't do very often that's incredibly creative and engaging. And boom, it spits me out a bunch of things, some of which I haven't even ever seen before. The sea of sameness that we get when we scroll any platform you like, the sea of sameness is so boring. 
if you want to stand out, don't write what everybody else is writing. And for me, I can use, I can use that as an idea source of different kinds of things. I can ask it to put together, hey, mash up this and this and write me something in that vein using this kind of voice and then see what comes up and see if anything's interesting. Awesome. Because when I used to teach business classes, we'd, I'd get them to go, okay, how, if you were writing an article for a pair of shoes, how would you write it? What would it look like? You know, and everybody in their brain goes into a shoe store and goes, oh, okay, this is how you sell shoes. And then we go in and we'd sell a house. And this is the way, you know, you sell a house and realtors. And I said, okay, now mix them together and write me an article about um, scuba based on those two styles. And they're like, what? (laughs) But when you can do that and you've got your head into that space and then you can go and write something creative because now you're, you're not doing every single ad the exact same way as everybody does before. So now you got Chad GPT doing that for you. And now you got something creative that you can start with and take it up a notch. I'm loving that. It's so, it's so beautiful. Uh, And what I, here's the weird thing. And I didn't expect this. It's experiential learning. I have learned more about writing both my style, other people's styles, um, different ways to say things. I have learned more in the past two months that I've been working on this bot than I have in all the years I've been in business. Wow. I know because I keep, Here's the thing about GPT that I'm not sure people know. First of all, it's much more than a content generator, much, much more. It can also summarize, analyze, compare, and contrast. It can take large pieces of information and break them down into a simple way to explain you something like, seriously, uh, you know, it can also, oh, my goggles just fell down. Um, it can also like give you a recipe if you Getting want. Getting serious, put the goggles on. Yeah. <laughs> We're going down. We're, we're going in because sometimes my magic gets a little bit messy, people. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. So experiential learning, learn, you know, kind of it's a it's a bot 24-7, 365, right? Standing there waiting to help you understand things. Explain it to me this way. Explain it to me like I'm five. Explain it to me like I'm scuba diving, scuba diving and selling a house at the same time. Do these things, like and uh, and, and extrapolate. You know, um, there are. I, I'm a lifelong learner. I have got way too many degrees. So many degrees, darling. Um, and, and all I can think is your average entrepreneur is still going, wow, that still sounds like way too much like work. <laughs> I just want to go and paint a house or you know, do my thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you do that for me. That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, and that's part of the plan always, right? Uh, exactly. Whenever you do hop on the new tools, then you can become the newest teacher of those tools. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's always, always a business move we can take. Right. Um, but I, I think of it as learning. That's almost, I mean, it's, is if you have some guidance, I mean, it's so, 
it's such an awesome place to learn from. Now, back up things, go look at other things. Don't take every word it says as face value because it's not trained to know certain things that humans know, uh, like the difference between the truth and a lie, uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this process has taught me so much and I, I, I love, I love learning and I love imagining new ways to do things because I mean, when I look at, you know, I, I don't scroll anymore. I don't care. Uh, it's all the same. Uh, when I'm on a platform, I'm DMing people. Uh, so, you know, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's taught me a lot. And I, I hope that, you know, if you're geeky slightly even, uh, you know, you take- too can get lost in GPT. <laughs> oh my God. Never Did I tell you what my programmer said when I first, <laughs> when we first started talking about GPT, mm-hmm. he banned me from the site. He said, RJ Redden, you have things to do that are in front of you that I need you to do. And you're banned from the site uh, because you will go down such a deep rabbit hole. We will never find you again. Um, And uh, even with that statement, I could only stay away like three weeks or so. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so now now that we're developing in them, I, I have permission, but it is a rabbit hole. Well, and it can be a rabbit hole and it can be a, um, it can be a misdemeanor in that I think a lot of people to your point earlier are using it to bypass creativity, which I think in the, well, I don't think I know in, in the short term, not even in the long term, I really want to like put people in the highest light, but it's not working is that people will take it and go, oh, I can write my copy off of this now. I don't need to hire somebody to do my copy for me. And the problem with that to me is that as a business owner, we always look at our own problems from our perspective. And if we're not in painful habit of seeing things from other people's perspective, we will always end up seeing it from our own perspective, which means that we're always doing outward marketing. And we're always going, hey, I'm awesome. You need to come see me because I do fantastic things. And a real copy person or marketing person will see things from the client's point of view. And with you, clearly, (laughs) you make it interesting and engaging. And you can't do that with outward marketing ever. And especially if you're going in there going, just make my life easier and make this faster so that I can put something up. It's never going to be good. And it's never going to be great. It's never going to be good. It's never going to be great. Here's the thing. You can order a pizza today for lunch, Michelle. Mm. Have the pizza come to your house. You can eat the pizza. The pizza is there. It's probably got pepperoni on it. Are you a pepperoni person? I don't know these answers. Um, I'm a probably got some, some cool stuff on it. There's flavor there's, there's cell, there's smell. If you, you know, there's even sound, if you want to listen really, really closely, there's all kinds of adventures to be had in that pizza, or you can eat the cardboard box that it came in, which is exactly like all of these other cardboard boxes, uh, stacked up at the pizza store. And the analogy there is, oh my God, do not ever just go to chat GPT and say, Hey, give me 10 ways to, I don't know, take out the garbage. Uh, and 
and take that and put that on the internet because there there is starting to be a separation from board boring cardboard uh that everybody you know people people are like oh i want the easy way out by the way you don't ever want the people who want an easy way out to hire you anyway because they're going to try to talk you down on your prices and they don't value you uh so there's that but all of the cardboard that they are generating makes the cool stuff stand out it makes the it it's a short term what what is happening uh gosh uh why are people like not hiring me as much it's a short term that but i think it'll be a followed with a long term oh this is why i hire a copywriter because i i'm not just pretending i have a heartbeat and putting posts out here i'm actually i want engagement back i want my people back how do i attract my people writing is going to get less Oh, prediction for the future. We should have a special music for that or something. Prediction for the future. It's going to start to be more personal and more directed and less 10 tips on how to uh, whatever. You know, I mean, people aren't necessarily looking for knowledge anymore. They were. When we were first copywriting, it was all about you know, teaching people education, education, education. Now it's about casting a spell only magicians know how to do this my friends magicians are copywriters they definitely are yeah. absolutely well and i think it's important too because a lot of people are going like if i just hire somebody and they're just going to chat gpt um what is that <laughs> it's like that means you've gone to the cheapest and you don't value them and they don't value you therefore you've got exactly what you paid for in my humble opinion and somebody like you can go to chat GPT and get a, a foundation that is stronger because one, even in your intakes, you're asking different questions than anybody else is asking because you want to see things from a different perspective. And that allows then your marketing to be, to have a different flavor completely than anybody else's. So even though you're augmenting or, or utilizing the, skip, the tools that are available to you, it's not the end game. The end game is still how do we get people engaged in having fun and doing things in a way that suits you and your marketing. Yeah. So when it comes to somebody's marketing, I still think that people have a lot of issue with how much is too much character and <laughs> how do I get there without um losing my audience let's go with that i have an answer for you, you would. it's the first commandment of everything we do it is know thy audience uh holy moly uh and this is what i'm this is what i'm discovering as well most people don't know who their audience is beyond some problem statements and a demographic which has been enough in the past, right? You know, well, a demographic. A good start. <laughs> yeah, a good you know, start. a demographic. You can run some ads. Yep. You know, a demographic. You can, you know, do some searches. Uh, you know, these are these are great things. What uh, another future prediction? But what what it's coming to for me and how I'm attracting audiences these days are knowing the psychographics of my people what are the statements that they use when they're in pain? 
what, how did 2020 affect their businesses? Uh, you know, what did they do? How did they pivot? Did they pivot at all? What are the things they would give anything for in their business and in their life? Like all kinds of these questions tell you so much about your people and it tells you why they choose what they choose. You remember the marketing cruise, of course. Yes, I do. Yes. We were on this cruise together uh, and uh, we had a real good time and there was a dude and I forget his name, but he had a pirate hat and uh, I was passing pirate hat guy and he goes, that's a sweet cape. And I was like, that's a sweet pirate hat. And so we had a drink together. I mean, you know, this is what happens anyway. Uh, so we sat down and, uh, you know, I had a coffee or something. And he was telling me, because he, he was a marketing pro for 30 years. He says, demographics are the signposts on the way to Disneyland. They are. But Disneyland is the psychographics. Because I don't care that you're a nurse and that you're 35 to 40 and that you live in this certain neighborhood. I care why you made the decision to be a nurse. Yes. Yes. Now, now we have something. Now we have, now that everybody says avatar, right? Now that avatar gets fleshed out into a real human being. And the more we know who that real human being is, the more we know what makes them tick, what makes them stay up at night, what gives them great joy in their lives. The more we know answers to questions like how much is too much character. For me, um, there is almost nothing that I could do that would be too much character for my audience because they crave difference. They hate the sea of sameness. They want to stand out too. For your audience, there may be a certain amount of, okay, she's over the line here. I'm wondering if she's actually insane. Uh, you know, that line is different for you, probably. Certifiable, uh, but it hasn't been caught yet. <laughs> <laughs> and until that happens, still for hire. <laughs> well, and one of the best ways I heard this, and I wish I knew who I had heard it from first, because I want to give him credit. But he said the difference between demographics and psychographics and why it's important in finding your audience is because if you're just going by demographics, I want multimillionaires in London, you know, you could have King Charles and you can have Ozzy Osbourne. Clearly, however, your psychographics are going to differentiate. <laughs> you're going to market said thing to said individual. Yes. And I love that. I was like, yes, it doesn't matter if you're selling a pair of shoes. It doesn't matter what you're selling to these two people. It is going to be vastly different. Yes. Yes. It must be vastly different. And that's, you know, that's one of the downfalls, I think, of some of the paid advertising ways is because you, <laughs> we're so limited by what they give us to search with. Uh, so, Yes. Uh, that's, uh, but it, never stop at demographics, folks. Never stop at demographics. It's the signpost on the way to Disneyland, but you've still got a little bit to go. Oh, oh. Awesome. So talk to me about, again, your audience. Who do you love to work with or who comes to you the most often? Or talk to me about this. Coaches who really, really in their heart, deep in their hearts, wish that 
they could just do it all with word of mouth. Coaches who, when they started their business, were like, if I do enough good work, shouldn't that be enough marketing for me? Because they view marketing as intrusive, alienating, boring, and a whole bunch of other adjectives that aren't very complimentary. There are people who are frustrated by seeing another coach put out another article on Facebook where they made a million dollars in three days, and you can do it too if you follow my 18-step system. Shut up. Um, they just... They, they can't, you know, and then they, but they're privately wondering when they see that article, why isn't that happening to me? What am I doing wrong? The answer is there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You do an amazing transformative work. The problem is that everything that's modeled out there is the same old, same old boring thing. And the, these people want to walk on the wild side. So they really care about their clients. They're not just cash register coaches. We've all met those. Uh, I care about you till you get to the cash register and pay me. And then here's a stack of videos. Good luck. Um, and if you're not exactly like me, uh, you know, you're probably not going to have success with exactly what I did. Cash register coaches. They're all out there. Um, I don't work with any of those. Uh, those are not my style. Folks that I meet that are like that, I... I pass on to others um, lovingly because I'm not the right fit. I want to work with people who care deeply about the whole client journey, who have a little bit of the long game in them because it does take a long time. Like only 3% of the people you meet on any given day are ready to buy right now. Most of them are not. So what do you do with those people? How do you keep them educated, entertained and engaged. That's where I come in. Love that. And to me, that's the difference between somebody that wants to run a business and somebody that just wants to make money is if you're just transactional and it's just like, how do I get as much money from them when they get to the website as possible? And then I have no idea what happens to them after that. That to me is you can make money doing that, but you also get a very <laughs> loud reputation. You want and Granted, I'm not all about reputation, but at the end of the day, I know why I'm in business and, and what makes me jive and why I'm on the planet. And oh, talk to me about, give me a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Oh, Cinderella story of one of my clients. Gosh, which one? I want the tiara, the pumpkin, the whole nine, the mice. Everything. You you know that you're getting a tiara here. I mean, if my people can't, uh, you know, wear something on their heads, uh, you know, it's, it's it's very sad. Anyway, Cinderella story of one of my clients. I'm trying to kind of think about what would be what would be the absolute best story to tell you, because I'll tell you, I'm one of those coaches who like. I don't like that coaching relationship where I'm up here and you're down here and I'm going to feed you the things that you need to do. And if you don't do that, I'm going to continue feeding you the same things, <laughs> um, you know, that type of thing, not, not in love with it. I am more of a, uh, I'm more of a right here. I'll meet you down in the dirt and we will, we will grow 
together. And so I think um, my my Cinderella story is, uh, well, you know her, I think, a lady named Pamela Russell. Um, she has uh, a business uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a modality of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, some, some health and wellness type of stuff. And, uh, and so, you know, I met her, I met her at an event, um, and, uh, she came to me and, uh, she heard me talk about the bots and she came to me and she was like, you know, I'm just, I'm wondering, how do I get my message out there? How do I make it happen? I, you know, I do great work for people. It, absolutely changes people's lives. How do I make this happen? And I was like, first, please realize at once that casting a huge net and hoping that a few people trickle back to you because they relate to what you're saying is maybe not the most efficient way to go. Please tell me how many clients you need. How many clients do you need one-on-one to be able to run your business? Let's start from that kernel. Here's the thing. Not everybody has the same goal. Some people want to be the next Tony Robbins. Good for you. Uh, Ain't that cute. Um, But my people want to be comfortable living where they're living, doing what they're doing. They want to donate to their favorite charities. They want to take a few fancy trips every once in a while. But they're not trying to build up the mother load of cash. Okay. That's just not in their hearts. Right. And so with Pamela and I've been, you know, I've been working with her for, for a long time, step-by-step we grow her business the way she wants to guide that. Everybody thinks you want a million dollars. Everybody is, you know, I've seen so many people, you know, videos of people with laptops on beaches, a, what the hell are you doing with that expensive machinery on a beach? Listen, grains of sand exist. What are you doing? Um, I, I can't stand it. Um, I've seen too many people lollygagging on a boat. Um, that may be very powerful for some people, but my people, sometimes they want a cottage industry. Sometimes they want to make about 250 grand and they'll be fine with that. Um, and so helping her figure out where her North star was, was huge because now we can set goals around that. We can set goals around what are the kind of people you want to work with? I, here's the deal for everyone out there. None of us need clients. None of us need clients. We need clients who will work with us to help produce the amazing results that we can produce. We need clients who will do the things that we ask them to do in order to get to that end state. We need people who make us light up when we see their name on the calendar. I want to fill your calendar with people who make you light up inside and go, I get to talk to Michelle today. Yay. I can go to bed after this podcast interview is done. I, you know, because clearly uh, this is the pinnacle. I want to fill your calendar with people you're excited to work with. No matter what that number is for you. With some people, it's a huge number. That's great. But 
with some people, it's a medium number. It's a smaller number. And maybe they want to donate more. Maybe they want to take more trips or maybe they want to, I want to personally retire my wife. This is my goal in life. Pay back my student loans so that I can retire the wife or at least give her a choice whether she wants to work because I don't think she'll ever start working. Anyway. <laughs> and that's what happens when you're a, a lifelong student. Yes. <laughs> student loans change everywhere you go. So I know oh. our listeners are going to want more from you. I could talk to you all day. You know I can. So our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Let's let's start a journey together. It's a bot. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to so badly. I want to so badly. If you are the kind of person who likes to take a walk on the wild side with your marketing, if you're the kind of person who really, really cares about their clients, what they go through, when they have problems, what to do when, if you are that kind of person, this is how to get a hold of me. Uh, the, uh, there's, a. let me see. I, I forgot what my, you know what? I'm going to do you. I'm going to do you guys this special offer. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is not the, this is not the thing that I give out every time. Um, but ninja niche finder com. Okay. Now let me tell it, talk to you about what this is. This is a bot. Obviously it's a bot darlings. Obviously it's a bot. Of course it's, bot. it's 40 questions and they're all about the psychographics of your humans. That will, when you, you will walk away with the answers to those questions. Uh, you'll also get a, a, you know, a printed like PDF version of the questions and the answers. You're going to walk with away with a knowledge of your target audience that you have never known before. You will also walk away with a ton of pre-marketing copy because you're writing down how they're thinking and feeling, why not transform that into a nice little piece for yourself of content online? You're going to walk away with all of those. And I'm going to take a look at your answers and ping you and say, hey, do you want about, you know, want a little meeting about these? Um, because I can help you take some of that material and transform it into a strategy that meets the modern time. Nice. Or that meets the unconventional times. Yeah, probably this unconventional. Is... <laughs> we yeah. don't want modern times. We want unconventional. Yeah, awesome. So uh, RJ's links will obviously be in the show notes. Scroll down, go and check those out right now. Open them up and continue listening because we're not done yet. So RJ, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough? Well, to think that you could become an entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, specific crazy enough yeah. time. Well, there have been, uh, like many entrepreneurs, this is not my first go. Uh, I have been crazy enough to be an entrepreneur since I was selling uh, kids uh, candy in uh, I you're Catholic say you're selling kids. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I'm selling children. Uh, <laughs> who wants this one? No, uh, there's, there's, I love kids, but there's a reason I don't have any. Anyway, <laughs> no, uh, I was selling the, in grade school, I was selling candy to the other kids. Uh, Cause I would go, like I would walk across town and go to the, the you know, the special candy store. And then I would, until I got caught. Um, and then, uh, you know, I just, it was hilarious. Uh, the way that I got caught and all of that. I, we don't even have time for the full story. You weren't allowed to uh, sell candy? 
<laughs> well, okay. So I was in this, I was in this very, very strict Catholic school and you know, the teachers just loved me. Uh, woo. Um, yeah, they had a time with me and I had a time with them. Honestly, I, my family still tells stories about it. We were at a graduation two weeks ago and they're still telling time, telling stories about it anyway. Yes. I got caught and, uh, was ca- called out for that and, uh, had to shut down my candy business. Um, uh-huh. yeah. But well, and I know, and and then I tried to start a painting business once, and then I started to try uh, another another thing, which was kind of everybody's marketing coach type of business, which was not stunningly lucrative. This this black belt box is the uh, current uh, the the current iteration, but it started way back. Me noticing a need; these people need more candy and they need different candy and sometimes they need it right on the spot so i'm gonna go i'm gonna bring them the things that i think that they need and i'm gonna sell it to them for a reasonable price (laughs) i love it you are absolutely awesome and i love talking to you so any last words for our peeps any last words you know, I mean, you, you gotta be a certain kind of crazy to be listening to me and Michelle, uh, and, uh, you know, and for, for the colorful, like they used to say about Apple Mac, right? 1984 or whatever. And when that, that thing was for the colorful, for the colorful and crazy out there, if you want to stand out, there is nothing more important to do so than your very fingerprint. No one is like you in the world. Take what is different and start to build on that. Being yourself is the greatest way to stand out in the whole world. In my experience, in my opinion, and soon to be in my book, which I haven't started writing, nor do I have a title for. Anyway, yourself, yourself, in yourself, there is something that you can highlight. In that, there's something that brings a different flavor to that pizza that your people are going to want to love. So develop that. Ah, I love it. Thank you so much for your time, RJ. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. You're the best, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.